All right, welcome back to another episode of Produce Grind Podcast. Carantini JB with me. What's good? Yo. And we got a special guest here in the building. Um, bros work with a bunch of artists. Uh, Drake, Lil Baby, Lil Yachty, Doug, Wiz Khalifa, Lil Duke, Gunner, Young Bands, T.I., just to name a few. Please welcome to the show. B-Rex. What's, What's good, bro? What's good, bro? What's good? Pulling, man. Appreciate you pulling up to the show, man. Yeah. We are uh, at Patchwork and shit and up in the lounge. So oh, uh, yeah. make shit for a podcast, dude. We made it work, though. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. For our uh, for our audience that doesn't know who you are, you want to give them a little backstory? How you got into making beats? How you reached the level of success you're at now? Uh, I mean, basically, I just, I I started a long time ago, back in uh my hometown, West Memphis, Arkansas. I'm not from Atlanta, but you know, I work based in Atlanta. But uh, I started in West Memphis, Arkansas. You said West Memphis, Arkansas? Yeah, it's like the Memphis tri-state area. Mm-hmm. Oh, so Memphis is near Arkansas too? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know Memphis, that. Memphis, Tennessee. It's like it's the it's the west side of Memphis. It's it separates into a different state. Oh, for real? Yeah. That's crazy. So like literally like one part of the city you're in yeah. Tennessee and one part. That's crazy. Yeah, Arkansas. I know. Damn, bro. I just learned something. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. That's crazy. But yeah, that's where I started it with it. I was uh I started out on the uh garage band at like the age of ten. Mm. And I just worked my way up. And uh, fast forward, I'm working in Atlanta probably about five years later. I done got better with the beats. And uh, just getting to where I'm at now, I work with a lot of different producers and different, you know, bigger producers and artists that, you know, bred me up to this point. So what was, like, your first placement? My first placement? Uh, my first placement, the one I got here was uh, with Rocco. It was on uh, his food mixtape. Okay, yeah. It was called Squash and Beef. That was like, what, like 2011? 2014, 2014. 2015. Oh, okay, so not too yeah. long ago. Okay, bet. And then how did like how did that like placement come about? Did you Was it random? Did you, were you, did you build a relationship? Uh, like? It was through my manager, C. Mills. You know, he set that up at the time. He was uh, doing a lot of work through Patchwork. And, uh, like, knowing him, you know, he, he he links with everybody. He, you know, networked. So he ran in a, uh, you know, a, uh, Rocco's people. And he was able to get that placement for me. Mm-hmm. So, like, what was your... Go ahead. I was going to say, what was your life? Like, what were, did you have a job? Were you in school? Like, what, what were you doing, like, at that point in time? I was in high school. When you got your placement? Yeah. Was, okay, that's what's up. Yeah. So how long were you making beats? My bad, I keep asking. <laughs> like, to, I mean, if we speaking on like actually producing like seven years, but I've been like messing with beats for 10 years. No, I was saying up to the point where you got the placement. Uh, up to the point where I got like the placement? Like when you got the placement, how long had you been making beats? Probably about five, six years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What ended up bringing you out of... Was it Memphis, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Arkansas <laughs> to Atlanta? Uh, it's the influence. The the artists like uh, we used to listen to a lot of Gucci Mane and Flocka and Young Dro and just like different people from Atlanta. We used to listen to a lot of a lot of people coming out of Atlanta, and that influence kind of. I mean, really, I moved to Atlanta because we was uh we were staying in California. And we couldn't afford to live there. Mm-hmm. So we moved to Atlanta as a financial decision. But I feel like music was an extra influence to be here. Mm. 
Yeah. So how'd you link up with uh, C Mills? Like, um, uh, I mean, I can't. I, I don't really remember too well, but it's it was like just working with my friends and stuff. Like, I I had a lot of people that I would I was associating with when I came to Atlanta when I first got here. Yeah. And it kind of just ended up happening. Gotcha. Just being in the studio and stuff. And then he just like well. He just came to you like, you all want to manage you? Or you asked him? Like, I just, I just asked because a lot of producers want to know, like, about how to find a manager and, like, when the right time is. So I think it's interesting, like, you had one before you even had a placement and stuff. So. Yeah, I had him since I was in, like, 10th grade. You had a manager in 10th grade. Yeah. See me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Were you having enough work come in to have a manager? Or was it just more of, like, kind of like an advisory, like an advisor, kind of, like, just looking out for you? I mean... Surprisingly, it was a lot of work coming in at the time. It was a lot of placement opportunities, and a lot of people were interested in me as a young producer. Like, yo, send beats to this, send beats here, put shit like that. Yeah. Mm. Did you have an online store at this time, too? Nah, I didn't know nothing about it. Mm. Mm. I was on SoundCloud, though. Mm. SoundCloud or SoundClick? SoundCloud. Oh, SoundCloud. Mm. Yeah. So then you get the Rocco placement. And then it comes out, and then like, then then what? So did you did you turn up from that point on, or did you? Mm, it was motivational. It was definitely motivational. And then what, what was the next one after that? Then would you say? Um, after that, I just, I just started getting a lot of placements. Okay, they started like back out. to back. So at, at that point, I was just like, let me just keep cooking up, let me keep working, and just keep it consistent. Now, when you like, when you say like, keep making beats and keep working. There's a lot of guys making beats every day. It's a lot of guys that consider that working, but was, but they're not getting the placements that maybe that you were able to acquire. Mm-hmm. How what's the difference between like working and then like actually working and actually getting placements? Like, why why do some people work not get placements, and what did you do different? I mean, I feel like workers work because like you got to work to build your portfolio. And you got to work towards, like, getting your brand out there. You got to work towards actually getting your work out there. Like, you can't make 20 beats and just have them sitting on your computer. You got to put in work. You got to go network. You got to go try to shop these records and these beats out to different people. Mm. Like, so I can I consider all the, all the different processes and steps you take all work. Mm. Now, why did artists, I got a question from kind of like more of like an artist side. Like why were why wasn't why were artists choosing your beats over other beats? Like was there something that you had a particular sound that just wasn't common at that time, or was it just um, like your ability? Like people just kind of gravitated towards you, or what was it? I feel like I just had an ear because I wasn't like I wasn't doing nothing too special in my beats or like just going extremely crazy on something different. I was just like kind of just doing me when I make beats and just. Um, but I, I don't think I was doing nothing too spectacular. Mm. I just had an ear. Mm. What uh, what like uh, what were some of your main sources of like learning and you know teaching yourself how to make beats? Uh, YouTube. Any specific channels you could drop? Mm, it was just random channels. I mean, I got most of my learning from like C Mills. Uh, I learned a lot of stuff from B Monster. Uh, NPC Cartel, low-key. I learned yeah. a lot of stuff from him. I learned a lot of stuff from Wheezy. 
I just learned stuff from other producers mostly. Now, were you collabing with them or like how did you even get to meet them or were you in the studio sessions with them where you did? You just someone just said pull up and sessions, collabing on the internet, mm. linking through Instagram, stuff like that. For, for producers who are sitting at home and they're trying to link with bigger producers and learn just like how you are, how would you advise them to go about that? Uh, I mean, just just do your thing and they're going to see you. Like Everybody's going to see you when you're doing your thing and you and when you got talent, it shows, you know, and you work hard, it shows. And, you know, you don't really got to chase them. You ain't got to chase nobody and, you ain't got to try to make it a priority or obligation for somebody to link up with you. Just, you know, do your thing and people going to reach out to you. Okay. Is there any artists along the way, like, that you've worked with and kind of, like, built with in the ground up? Um, Lil A. Well, really, um, Lil A and uh, B5 Fat. Uh, I, worked, I, worked, I worked a lot with them, like, when I got here in Atlanta, they were like some of the first artists I worked with. Maybach Hot, uh, Shad the God. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of work with him when I first got here. Like them were some of the artists I built myself up with. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, Johnny Cinco. There's a couple of them. What kind of things were you taking away? Like, would you choose to work with? Um like kind of bounce around with artists or would you prefer to work from the ground up with an artist? Like what is the difference and what are the pros and cons of each? I mean, it could it could go either way. If I was interested enough in the artist, I would definitely be willing to build something up from the ground. But you know, it could be either way. It could, it could be either way. Mm. No, um, so you started getting placements. When did like the whole selling beats online and selling kits online come into play? Was it the same time or when did when you start doing that? Um, I was selling kits before I was selling beats. Oh, for real? Really? I used to sell kits on YouTube. Now, when you were selling these kits, were you just pulling sounds from other kids or were you actually mixing down your own stuff? Um, I would listen to the sounds that I liked and other people's beats. Mm-hmm. And then I would go and remake the sound and like try to take a sound and mix it to sound similar to that. But I never like from the jump, I never had access to all the sounds. So I would I would usually make my own. Now that's not. I mean, that's not something that's like just real easy to do. Like, how did you get the mixing experience to be able to make like actually quality sounds? Trial and error. Mm. And now, what like what were they drum kits, loop kits, like were they all all kind of all kinds of kits? Drum kits. I was putting out drum kits. Okay. And then now you you do loop kits now too, right? Yeah. And how do you feel about loop kits? Well, first of all, did you ever get any placements from loop kits? Um. Yes, indeed. With Lil Baby and Drake. Mm. Yeah, that was like my first loop loop experience, even getting a placement with a loop. Pretty good. Even knowing it was even a lane, I didn't even know. Mm. At first, I was just, you know, doing kids to do them, but mm-hmm. to sell them, but I didn't know you could get a placement off a loop. So, with not knowing that, and what was it? Walk us through that experience because, I mean, going from not knowing that you could even get a placement off of a loop to then having a record like that, that's a big mm-hmm. leap, and there's a lot of stuff that 
a lot of like stuff you got to learn in that process. Right. How was that? Mm, I mean, it was smooth. I had people to walk me through it. I had my manager see me as he to kind of, you know, walk me through it. And, um, I mean, that's pretty much it. I had my family and my manager see me as to walk me through it and kind of get me through the process where everything would go smooth. Now, was it something, so when that record came out, was it something where you, um, you, you heard it and you're like, oh, well, that's my loop? Or is it like, did they reach out to you before the record even dropped? Like, how did the business handle, get handled on that? Actually, I woke up one day and Pyrex had called me. He was like, um, he listened to he listened to Yes Indeed and he said he was going through my loops and he found the loop that sounded similar to it. So I was like, you know, let me go double check. So after I got off the phone with him, I went and checked and I'm like, uh, damn, that's my loop. Mm-hmm. And this is after the song had been out? Mm-hmm. So what's the, what's the next step? Like, because I know a lot of producers in that situation. Like, we talked to many. Like, that's it's a big problem. Like, going on right now in the producer community, yeah. especially with a record of that size. Hell yeah! I mean, it actually went pretty smooth. It actually went pretty smooth. Everything went smooth. It's just I had to go and actually go back and do my research and. Go back and do the business and everything. So it's something like where you had to like have a lawyer reach out, obviously, and all that stuff, and get in contact, or did you just hit Weezy? Like, yeah, I just went directly through him. Oh, okay, well, yeah, that's dope. No, we ask, like we ask these questions because there's a lot of producers that like get themselves not necessarily into a yes indeed situation, but they may find themselves in a small uh, a situation very similar to this. So yeah, like how. And a lot of guys are like confused and about what to do and what actually to handle or what process they should handle if they're not fortunate enough to be able to just DM Weezy or not fortunate enough to have a. I manager mean, you you gotta you gotta build a relationship with the people you send your loops out to because like. So you sent. I already had a relationship with him prior to me mm. giving him loops, so it was like the only thing was is nobody really remembered that that was a loop I did, so I had to kind of go back and rewind and get everything right but I mean it all worked out good cause like that's my boy so everything was cool do you feel like a lot of producers who make loops nowadays are like downplayed like left out you know what I'm saying mmm I mean I, I couldn't I couldn't really speak on that uh, maybe maybe not it, it be on you like you getting these placements, you gotta vouch for yourself on these on these placements. You feel me? You gotta you gotta be the one to put yourself out there for the work that you do. You know what I'm saying? You can't you getting downplayed is like that's all on you. You know what I'm saying? But in a loop era though, don't you think like? Because I know a lot of times you you see records and you know it's like oh. The producer flaunts, oh, yeah, this is, you know, this is my record produced by this, produced by me. But then you find out, oh, it's also produced by Q Beats. Oh, it's yeah. also produced by B-Rex. Oh, it's also produced by a million other, you know what I mean? Mm. These loop creators that aren't like, you know what I'm saying? And they're, they're not getting like any sort of credit at all. Yeah. Being able to, like, like how you found out last minute, you weren't even able to say, I want my tag in this. Sure. Like you wouldn't, if I that's mean, how that process goes. 
I was doing loops on the side. I'm, I'm, I'm really mostly about the producer thing. Like, I, I started out doing beats, you feel me? I'm, I'm mostly about the producer side of it. Like, the loops was kind of a side thing for yeah. me. And now that, like, I done built a relationship where I can get loops placed with certain producers, I'm just doing loops to, you know, keep that relationship up. But I really be on my beat grind, too, though. You know, but this is like like it's cool because like loops is like an evolving like you say you're on your producer game and like you're focused on producing but like yeah. the loops is like a whole new pathway that's starting to open up to really like add another way to be a yeah. so-called producer or like a different type of producer. Yeah. How do you stay up to date like knowing uh, who's using your loops? Like, yeah, that's a good. Like you gotta know the person you're sending them to. I mean, like if you're selling them to like. Selling them, it's weird. Cause usually I put like a notice in the kit. Yeah. I put like um yeah. e contact this email if you use these loops. Yeah. I put one of them in the kit, and so and most of the time like people who use my loops they'll email me or DM me on IG or whatever and tell me like bro I use your loop, you know what percent do you want off this record and whatnot. How will you go about handling that? Because what if it's like a small record? Or we usually just be like, you got it. I I still claim it. Even if it's a small record, I still claim the percent, you know, just, just to keep the paperwork somewhere. up to date. Yeah. No, that's a fact. And if it do, does go somewhere, right, then it's like, oh, yeah, this is already handled. Mm -hmm. Hell, yeah. So what, um, what, adv what advice would you... Well, first of all, okay, so is there like a typical standard? Like, because we know, we talk to a lot of producers where they like, they think like, you know, the melody's worth at least half to 75% of the record. Like, what do you typically like think like a melody is worth as far as point wise? Mm, half. You should get half. Mm -hmm. As long as it's like not too, like too flip, like to where you can't even tell it's the loop no more type shit. If it's your loop, it's your loop, you know. Even they put effects on the gross beat, reverb, whatever. It's your loop. I feel you. Like the idea stemmed from you originally, like. Mm-hmm. That's facts. So what was my my next question was, um, oh yeah, so what what advice would you give to a producer that um may not be able to just DM the producer and you know what I mean? Like they they like, mm -hmm. yeah, bro, this is my loop right here. Cause we get people that DM us that question every day. Have a lawyer. Cause lawyers have reach. They can get the people. And when you, especially when you doing, um, work in the uh, music business and you get and you got them entertainment lawyers, they're going to reach out. They're yeah. going to get their bread for you. Our last episode was actually with the entertainment lawyer, so. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, he definitely dropped some game on there. He was saying, like, you know, in that, in that situation, a lot of times if you, if you do enough research, you do enough DMing lawyers or emailing lawyers, you might be able to find a lawyer that'll, you know, maybe just do it for free or just kind of yeah. maybe a couple of dollars, you know, something real cheap or something mm -hmm. like that. Hell yeah. Did you have a lawyer from the time you were in, like, you said you got to start getting placements in 10th grade. Did you have a lawyer from then? No, nah, I didn't. Mm -hmm. You feel like there, there was there any opportunities you think you missed out on, like, money on, or did, was everything able to be handled back then? I might have made some bad decisions here and there. Mm-hmm that I could have did better with, with a uh, lawyer on my side. Mm. So you seen like, 
the pros of having a lawyer and the cons of having a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about in, in your um, podcast uh, the, on the Progress Report. Shout out to Lala. You said one of your biggest mistakes was you had produced a whole album and you told him you only wanted like 500 up front. Right? Well, I didn't do the whole album, but oh, you did. basically I got an album placement and I I never knew like the 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 fees. I never knew about the fees for the album. Yeah. And I was like just charging like my regular, you know, just throw me some bread price, yeah. which is like 500. So I didn't know that I could have up my price based Talk on the label, right? <laughs> yeah. Was it through a label or was it independent artist? Um, it was actually I can't say, I can't okay. say. I feel you. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. But what <laughs> so going back though, you definitely would have um definitely would have upped the price on that situation. Yeah. Well definitely that's probably a situation where having a lawyer would definitely help too. Um so talk to us. I know for a while you um you were definitely heavily affiliated with Internet Money. Talk to us about your relationship with them. Uh, Internet Money, they kind of, they they brought me into the whole sell kits online and do loops and do YouTube video wave. Because at first, like, I was just on my independent flow, just making kits by myself. Yeah. Doing, like, you know, kits through SoundCloud. And I would sell them on SoundCloud. I didn't know you could do it on YouTube and, like, uh, around the time I started messing with them, I dropped my first kit on YouTube with uh, YB and Young Kells. It was called The Sauce Kit. Mm-hmm. So uh, around that time, it was like my first kit on YouTube, and it was like a very successful, like, first kit experience for me. And uh, like a couple months later, um, my boy Young Kells, he told me about internet money. He said they was um, looking to... Put me put me down with the group, so um, I mean shit. After I got introduced to Taz and everybody, pretty much they gave me the rundown, and I started working for you know Internet Money as a producer and a kit maker. Mm. And then during like during your time, did you like absorb like any sauce for selling beats online or anything like that? Yeah, I learned a lot from them. I learned a lot from them, especially making loops. Mm. So that that was like that that was your lane, kind of. More would you say more loops over selling beats online, selling loop kits and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I was better at making kits than selling beats online. Mm. Now talk to us about selling beats online, cause I know you um. You have a beat store, but you only got like five beats up on there. Is it something that you just kind of throw up there? Man, I be I be wanting to get back into selling beats online, but it's like. I don't know. I don't even know. What is it? Is it because you know that there's like a lot of work that goes into it? Yeah, there's a lot of work you got to put into it, like, mm. that I don't even have time to do, so. Yeah. And now, like, what what do you mean by that, like, as far as, like, the YouTube, putting up the YouTube videos and, like, what's really, like, the, the hard work about it? Mm. Or the time-consuming part? Is it just making that many beats, or is it? It's making the videos, because if, if I do it, I'm going to do it the the, the right way like cause usually you gotta have the YouTube videos ready and then you gotta have the uploads ready the track outs and everything you gotta have everything like organized and formatted the way I do it so I mean the way I would do it I would probably upload maybe 10 beats at once 
And that would take a lot of time to prep. Right, right. To, to just video. do it weekly. And then what is it? Is it the fact that when you start, you got to put a lot of time into it before it actually starts, like, really yeah. paying off, like, more and more? Yeah. Got you. So, so once you, yeah. once you get it going, does it really start catching momentum and take momentum of itself? Yeah, when you stay consistent with them uploads, you you start to see sales and progress. Mm. And then I think I think with the online thing, though, I think there's so many factors that go into it because we get producers that DM us and they're like, yo, I've been doing this for like two years and I'm not getting no sales. Mm -hmm. And, you know, them just telling us, you don't know, like, maybe are the, how hard are they going? Are they just uploading like one beat a month? Are they just playing with it? Have they been playing with it for two years? Yeah. Are they really going hard? Are their beats hard enough? Is it their producer name that's throwing people off? Is it their tag that's throwing people off? Like, mm -hmm. there's so many things. Like, it's just such a... Hard-ass game. Precise. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, some of like the big mistakes you see people do when, they, with the, when they're taking the online route. That might be the reason why this dude mm. took two years and still hasn't made sales. Consistency. You got to always upload. You got to upload every every week. You got to keep uploading. If you're not uploading, then you're not going to catch like that because it's a big competition. Mm. You got to have a, big, uh, a bigger portfolio for people who want to shop. So it's a numbers game. Mm -hmm. More than even branding. You think branding... Branding play a big part, too. But is the consistency kind of outweigh... Will it make up for some of... If you lack in the branding area, will consistency kind of... It's kind of like a... It's kind of like how you... A way of supporting the brand. Staying consistent. Mm. And if it's something lame, it's, I feel like it's the same as like... You know, fashion and stuff. If it's lame, then you kind of, if it's a lame name, it's a lame looking mm -hmm. brand, and you kind of. But I don't know because it's different though. Because if the beats fire, it's like fuck it. As long yeah. as the tag's not like super whack. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Purchase your tracks today. Yeah, something crazy. Yeah, but... I don't know. So I don't know. Do you honestly see yourself ever going full blown into back into making beats online? Not really. Not really. So you consider yourself like a. Industry, more of an industry producer other than an internet producer. At this not, point. not even industry producer, just producing in general, hardworking producer. Like I'm just trying to produce as many good records as possible, and I'm just working as hard as I can in the producer lane. What's your goal for 2019 as far as your career? That's a good mm. question. We haven't asked that question in a minute. I feel like. What's my goal for 2019? Yeah. As far as your career? As far as my career? You had a big year last year. You had a big place, so you really got to follow that up. Yeah, yeah I really, yeah. I mean, my only goal is to just stay blessed and stay consistent. Keep keep dropping. Like, just don't, don't stop. I want the flow to keep going. I want to keep on dropping these records so I can catch me another, another one of them hits. Yeah, facts. Mm -hmm. Now, going back, so you had linked up with internet money, you really got the wave going um, on, like, you know, getting kids out there and selling beats a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then you did you, like, branch off your separate way? Because we've seen the heavy affiliation, then we kind of seen you go your separate way. But I don't, I didn't, I didn't know if there was a falling out or anything. I don't, maybe I wasn't following close enough. Maybe I missed it or something. I don't know. Nah, nobody fell out. It's just, it was a decision to leave internet money at the time. Because, you know, I had other situations going on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they was getting into the signing producers. 
And I had other, you know, I you know, situations going on as far as signing. Mm. So I just kind of left and did my own thing. Mm. I feel you. This is definitely just more on some business shit. Um, so my question, well, when we had talked about when you, uh, when I had asked you if you consider yourself more of an industry producer, what do you think is it? I, obviously, it seems like you don't like putting yourself in a box, but what is an industry producer to you, like you think? an industry producer like they <laughs> always industry affiliated they not really affiliated with the indies or the people in the streets or you know like the the, the different other variety of artists trying to get on they just mostly affiliate themselves with an industry circle mm. Mm. is there more ch- opportunities in the industry uh, in the industry versus like messing with the guys like you said in the streets or the, take the independent route are there more opportunities for bigger play or to make more money in the industry I feel like the industry is just set up how it is for it to go how it's gonna go and you don't you don't really have to put much into it like you have to with the other with other situations like mm-hmm. indie situations and you know the street artists you don't really have to put much into it it's kind of like set up where so you get the work done and then let's go let's go like just see what to do see what the next one do I feel like it's more like a machine oh, so it's like an infrastructure really set up for it like a system yeah mm-hmm. and are you an independent producer are you uh, like signed to a label or anything independent like that? That's what's up. And um, you, you think you plans plans to stay independent or you think you see yourself signing? Um, I might sign myself. <laughs> I like that answer. Yeah. yeah. That's really one of my plans, one of my goals to sign myself to my own label. Sign other producers as well or no? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's Definitely. And another thing too, I want to talk about briefly. Um, I feel like a way, one of the next ways for producers is to really start putting out albums. And I hear a lot of producers talking about, like a lot of industry producers talking about, oh, album on the way, album on the way, mm-hmm. and stuff. So obviously Metro's been doing this stuff, but I think that'll be that'll be dope. Is that something you um, ever thought about doing? Uh, uh, album produced by me? Yeah, like a compilation. Like yeah, I, I thought about it. I thought about it, but I ain't put it together yet, though. Hmm. What would keep you back? Hold, keep you back from doing that? Is it? It's a pretty serious process to go to go through, or is it you waiting to build your name? Or what are the things that have to be in place before that like can be a success? I feel like I would have to have everything in order to do that. Like all the music, I would have to have like all the connections in order. What it just, it'll be too much for me at the moment, mm. you know, but I mean, eventually down the, down the road, I, I want to look into dropping the album produced by me. Cool. Shit, man. Um, another dope episode in the books, man. Hey, man. Signing out, man. <laughs>